Okay, we're up to the bottom line of Lamed Vav Amid Beis. Rami Le Rav Papa Bar Shmuler of Yosef, the top of Lamed Zion. So they asked Rav Yosef the following. We said in the Mishnah that according to Rav Yehuda, any woman who's taken captive is still kosher. We don't assume that they were attacked. So the Gemara asks, is that true? The Sav Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda holds Bikdu Shasa Does Rav Yehuda actually hold, just started that Rav Yehuda actually hold that a woman who's taken captive, you assume is still Kaddish? Vahatanya. Now, the kasha the Gemara is going to ask is not from a woman who's captive, right? Review the holds that if a woman's taken captive, you assume that they're still kosher. The Gemara is going to ask, not from a woman taken captive, from a giyaris. So you could already anticipate the answer, which is, how do you compare a woman taken captive to a giyaris? But let's see the kasha. The kasha is like this. Ha in his gaira, if a woman converts on Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, yeah? Veros adam, and then that day, so she converts... Let's say Tuesday morning she converts, Tuesday afternoon she sees blood. The halacha is, What this means is like this. The halacha is that when a woman sees blood, she's obviously Tameh. And Chazal, this is the first Mishnah in Nida, Chazal made it that because we're afraid that, from, that it could be blood, she's Tameh from the time the blood actually starts leaving the uterine wall, even before it's actually seen outside. So it's possible that she's actually Tomei before she actually sees the blood. So what the halacha is, is a chazal made it that retroactively all women are Tomei when it comes to Nida, either 24 hours before or from the last time they were baidik themselves, whichever is less. But usually a minimum of 24 hours. Meaning, if a woman sees blood on Tuesday morning... And the day before, she was handling Truman Meiser and Truman Kodshim. Those Truman Kodshim are Tameh, retroactively. They're, they're Tameh. So, the halacha, that's the halacha. Rabbi Yehuda says that halacha does not apply to Giyaris. Why? Because we know that if a woman sees blood when she's a guy, it's not Tameh. Goyim don't have the laws of Nida. So because you can't go back 24 hours, and she sees blood Tuesday afternoon, she converts Tuesday morning. She sees blood Tuesday afternoon. You can't go back 24 hours, because 24 hours is Monday, she was a gaita. So because you can't go back 24 hours, which is the standard halacha, we're not going to go back to the time of conversion. We're going to say, Daya shaita. She's tummy from the moment she sees blood. I, you could technically go back to the mo- from the at least time she converts, but it's not a full 24 hours. Chazal, Chazal like to keep it uniform. And if it wasn't uniform, they're not going to make it. Fine. Rav Yaisi disagrees. He says, no. Rav Yaisi says, no. She, we, we make her tummy um, for the last 24 hours. We keep it like anyone else. Even though she wasn't Jewish at the time, we're still going to make it. Um, and now this halacha is obviously not relevant. I just wanted to point, I just want to check something. So according to Rav Yaisi, we go back. Okay, one second. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah, okay, one second. Yeah. So, well, by the way, I just want to make this point clear. Uh, I didn't say it, but it's passionate. According to Rav Yaisi, you don't go back to the point where she's a guy. You go back from the point she converted. Because there's no toma by a guy. But the point is, so if she converts Tuesday morning, sees blood Tuesday afternoon, Rav Yehuda says she's tummy from Tuesday afternoon, Rav Yehuda says she's tummy from the moment she converted, which is Tuesday morning. Okay, fine. Not negative to our discussion. Point, point number one. Vaiter. This says all converts have to wait three months before they remarry, before they marry someone, because we're afraid that they're pregnant. 
Rav Yaisi Matir Luaris and Rav Yaisi says they don't have to. We'll see why Rav Yaisi holds this way in a little bit. But you see, according to what's the kasha? According to Rav Yehuda, all women that are converting, we think might be pregnant because they might have lived with their boyfriends, whatever. So too, all women taken captive should also you assume that they were violent. But isn't there a separation before, uh, uh, beforehand? No, it's only afterwards. The separation, yeah. Because. They don't, they don't separate before. No, there was a case that I, um, I sold a, a diamond to someone years ago. He was, he was, uh, he was in the middle of converting. He was married to his wife, and, and they, they were both... Uh, uh, Converted, then they'll wait three months. Right. But it's after. They don't... After they get married, they wait three months? Yeah. Because he, he told me that... that oh, no, 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 no. After they convert before they remarry. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's after conversion. So over right. here, you have to wait three months after conversion. What's the point of this, Gemara? You see that when a woman converts, we think she might be pregnant because she might have lived with someone. So too, how could Rav Yehuda say that every woman taken captive was not violated if every convert, we assume, lived with her boyfriend? So the kash is obvious. How do you compare willingly living with your boyfriend when you're a convert because you're a guy at the time? To a woman taken captive. A woman taken captive will avoid, to the best of her abilities, being violated. A girl, a, a woman who's a guy, who's in the process of conversion, might live with her boyfriend. How do you compare the two? So the Gemara says, You're comparing a Giyaris to a, to a woman taken captive? Rav Yehuda's shita is that every woman who's taken captive, you assume, was not touched by the captors. So the kasha is, I, he holds every woman who's in the process of conversion has to wait three months because she might be pregnant. Because she might be pregnant. Correct. So you see that every woman who's in the process of converting lived with people before. So, so to every woman taken captive lived with their captors. So the Kamara says, how do you compare the two? Giyaris ashvuyu karamis. A woman who's in the process of converting, she might have willingly lived with her boyfriend because she didn't. Uh, she was a guy at the time. But a woman who's taken captive will will avoid uh, being with the captors. So it's not comparable. So we'll, why are we bring this down? So the answer is. The Gemara says, the truth is, it's a contradiction within a woman ca- taken captive. Rav Yehuda Shita is that all women that are taken captive will not be, all captives will not be with the captors, right? The problem is, Rami Shvuya Shvuya. We have a contradiction. Titania. If you have a Giyoris, a woman who converts, or a woman who's taken captive who's freed, or a um, a non-Jewish slave who's 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 um, redeemed or released, whatever. Old in the age of three. All of these women have to wait three months. Meaning, a woman taken captive has to wait three months because she might be pregnant before she marries someone. So you see, so that's a contradiction. How could have you then our Mishnah say that a woman taken captive was never with her captors? He holds you have to wait three months because she might be pregnant. So she obviously is with was with her captors. How do you, that, that's a contradiction. And Rav Yosi matil aris v'lanasimiyad. Now Rav Yosi holds its all mutter. You don't have to wait at all. Um, we'll see why in a moment. But the contradiction is in Rav Yehuda Shita. So how could Rav Yehuda and our Mishnah say that a woman taken captive is kaddish and kosher because we assume that they didn't touch her? If he also holds, you have to wait three months before she remarries because she might be pregnant. So how do you reconcile the two? So Ishtik he was quiet. 
So you asked him, did you hear anything about this? Rav Sheshe says, the case that you have to wait three months is not a standard captive. A standard woman who's taken captive, we assume, was not touched. I, he says, you have to wait three months before she could remarry because she may be pregnant. That's Dafka, a case where you know that she was lived. You saw her live with the captors. So standard case of a woman who's taken captive, you assume, was not touched. This case was Dafka, a case where you happen to see. So you saw they were with the captives, so you have to wait three months. It doesn't matter. Yehuda doesn't care. All those distinctions were not according to Yehuda. Yehuda doesn't care. All cases, it's fine, unless you actually see them living together. So the kasha is, wait a minute, if you're telling me it's a case where they actually live together, so why would Rav Yaisi say you don't have to wait three months, right? If you're actually talking about a case where a woman lived with her captors, so Sheila might be pregnant. So Rav Yudha says you have to wait three months. Yeah, because you saw them live together. Rav Yudha says you don't have to wait. Why? Why don't you have to wait three months? She, you saw her live with them. They didn't have contraception. So what's the, so what's what's going on? So the answer is they did. So the Gemara says, The answer is that the woman who's, uh, the woman who's uh, taken captive Rav Yaisi holds you don't have to wait three months in all scenarios because we assume that she uh, used uh, birth control. Okay. Now, here's the deal, though. I understand why a woman would use birth control if there was a chance that she was going to be Jewish. So a woman who's in the process of converting, she'll use birth control because she doesn't want to have a Goyesha baby. Even a woman who's taken captive, she might take birth control. However, they used to have sponges, whatever birth control they used to use. I understand that. The only one that's strange, I'll stay outside, that we'll see it inside. The only one that's strange is a woman who's a non-Jewish slave who's going to be freed. Right? That was one of the, it was a shifcha, right? A shifcha is a non-Jewish slave that's freed. Now, she's saying that she used birth control because she knew that she might become a Jew. Now, if she was told by her owner, her slave owner, hey, I'm going to sell you I'm going to release you to a Jewish, I'm going to sell you to a Jewish guy. So then I understand why well, she'll use birth control. But, or if he says, I'm going to free you soon, fine. But if he hit her in the face, the halacha is that if you hit a slave and you break a bone, then they automatically go free. Then how, why would she use birth control? How did she know that that was coming? Right? She would only use birth control if she's going to be a full-fledged Jew. Because she knows, be a full-fledged Jew, she doesn't want to deal with this stuff. While she's a non-Jewish slave, she's a non-Jewish slave. Now, there's two ways for her to be a Jewish slave, to be a Jewish woman. They either free her, just say, hey, you're free. Or, you hit her, and she goes free. So if you're telling me that he hit her, then why would she, she use birth control because she anticipated that? Who, who anticipates being beaten up? It's like, well, like, it's the one of the case. it's the only case where it's like, why would she anticipate that to use birth control? So the Gemara says, um, I understand why a Gyaris will use birth control, because she's in the process of converting, she doesn't want to become pregnant. Okay. Shvuya, a woman who's um, uh, uh, taken captive, even if she's a non Jewish person taken captive, she will also use birth control. Why? Because she doesn't know where she's going to be taken to. She might be taken to a Jewish town. So she'll use birth control in anticipation for that. But a shivcha, but a non-Jewish slave, Nami, it depends. There's two ways to free her. You could just free her. You could tell her, hey, I'm freeing you next week. So now if you tell her she's being freed next week, she's going to be a Jew next week. 
If she hears from her master that she's going to be freed, fine. But if she's freed by being beaten up, why would Rav Yossi say that she doesn't have to wait three months because she used birth control? How, how could she use birth control? She doesn't know that she's going to be freed, so why would she use birth control? Because she knows she's going to be Jewish. When you free a non-Jewish slave, you become a Jew. So she knows Jew, Jewish single girls having a baby is not good. She knows that she knows sociologically it's not going to make her life easy. Yeah, she knows that she's, she's it's not it's not a good matzah for her. But if she's a non-Jewish slave that gets freed by being beaten up, why would she use birth control? How would she know that that was coming? And the, and if you say taka in that case, Rav Yosi holds that you have to wait three months. Meaning maybe Rav Yosi only holds you don't have to wait three months. In the all other case except for that, I'll add to the kasha. Rav Yossi holds that if a woman is raped, you don't have to wait three months. Now, there's no birth control in the case of your rape because you definitely didn't see that coming. So what's the pshat? So the answer is, um, the answer is that there was some sort of methodology we don't know how to do this anymore that they were able to contort their body after relations that to make the, the, the zera leave and meaning so it, it's not like birth control that they would take a pill before is that they knew so, the, so Rabbi Yossi holds that anytime these women rape or all these things or a slave whatever the, the, because if they get beaten up, they, they would they would turn contort their body to make sure that they weren't able. So you don't have to take birth control before. That that's the point. So therefore, even if a woman is raped, it's it's or if you say you don't have to wait three months because we assume right after the rape they contorted their body in such a way that they won't have a baby. Did we learn before that they were to drink after? Huh? Maybe it's something we learned before that they were to drink that you could take after. The drink made you sterile. Got it. This is just the, the, there's a drink to make you sterile. Yeah, there was there was a surgery that would make you sterile. This is just to. Just birth control. And the Gemara says, And Rav Yehuda is concerned that they didn't contort the body in such a proper way. And they are pregnant. Meaning, everyone agrees that they're going to try to do their best to avoid pregnancy, even if they didn't take birth control before. There was some methodology to do it afterwards. Like the day after, I think the day after pills, but that's a pill. Over here, this was some sort of physical contortion that they were able to do it. The Machloikis, Rav Yehuda, and Rav Yehuda, do we trust that they did it properly? Okay. Now, here's the kasha. From here until the end of the dav, we had a, in the Mishnah, there's a concept called kemle b'dirabine, which again means that if you do something that's high of misa, and at the same time you're obligated to pay money, you don't have to pay the money. Now, what was the source? So the Mishnah said, shenemar velo ya'ason anoshi onesh. If there is no fatality, then you pay. The implication is that if there is a fatality, meaning if you killed somebody and you have the death penalty, you don't pay. So the source for Kimle, but the Ramine, if someone were to ask you from the Mishnayis, is Lo Ason Anoshi Onesh. The Kasha from here until the end of the daf basically is we have multiple Psukim teaching us the same thing. 
Okay, so right now, if I were to ask you what's the source for Kimli the Ramine, it would be Loye Ason in Onoshianesh. Here's the Kasha. This is the source. I thought Mehasa Nafka. I thought there's another source for Kimli the Ramine that you don't get two punishments. And that is Kedirisha So. You punish them for their evil. You do not punish them for two evils. You punish them for one evil. So you have two sources to tell you the same thing, which is that you do not get two punishments. So which one is the proper source? Source for Kimle Bidiramine. So the Gemara answers Chada Bemisa Umamin, Vichada Bemalkus Umamin. The answer is very simple, and that is the reason why you need two sources is one is for where you have the death penalty and money, and the source is that you just get the death penalty, and one is to tell you Malkus uh, Umamin. One is to tell you that you only get the punishment, the more severe punishment when it's death and money. And one is to tell you only get the severe, most severe punishment when it's lashes and money. So you need both. They're both forms of Kim Lev which means, Kim Lev means that if you have two punishments, you go with the more severe and that covers the less severe. Why you need both? One is for death and money and you only get death. And one is for lashes and money and you only get lashes. Now, why do you need both? Why can't I just give you a rule? Get the more severe and you'll figure it out. And the Gemara says, Sricha, you need both. Why? If you all you had was the the Pasuk of Lo Yason Anoshionesh, which is death and money that you get death. Yeah, I would say, listen, if I tell you that when there's death and money, you only get death, you don't pay money. You'd say, yeah, because you get the death penalty. Like that's that's that'll cover it. That'll for sure cover it. But But if you have lashes and money, lashes and money where there is no loss of life, maybe you talk a need both in order to get a kapara. And lashes and money. So if death and money, if all you had was that source that you just get death, you'd say, yeah, because the death covers it because it's so severe. It's such a severe punishment. But lashes and money, maybe you need both. And if you only had a source that by lashes and money you just get lashes, I would say, Every time there's death and money, you know what that also means? That means you did an Avera that gets the death penalty. Lashes and money, if I had a Pasuk that tells you when there's lashes and money you just get lashes, you'd say, yeah, you just get lashes and that covers it because the Avera that you did wasn't so bad. Right? There's, it's, which is a worse Avera? Lashes Avera or death Avera? Death Avera. So therefore, the fact that you have a source that says that when there's lashes and money, you just get lashes, you won't be able to expand that and, and, and apply that to death and money because you'd say, death and money, if you did an Avera that gets the death penalty, do you know how bad that is? You need every Kapara you can get. So it depends on how you look at it. You could look at it and be like, oh, the death will cover it. Or you could look at it as like, you did an Avera that gets the death penalty, you need every Kapara. So that's why you need both. Well, it's in the same action. No, but no, it, it's yeah. a, it's in the same Misa. You're, according to Ravashi, it would be harder to, from a couple of different things. True, but I'm saying with the standard case of, of, of Kim the Ramine, um, yeah, no, I I you made a fire on Shabbos and you burned someone's field down. So the exact same action got you the right. money and the death. I could see why you need both because like, you're Michal Shabbos, so like anything revolving around that action, you need a kapara for, which would which would be uh, which require the money. The Gemara says, Fine. So you have two psukim. One is to tell you uh, when there's death and money, you get death, and one is to tell you when there's lashes and money, you just get lashes. Here's the problem. According to Rav Meir, when there's lashes and money, you taka get both. 
So according to our mayor, one of the pesukim is extra. Because we are using one of the pesukim to tell you that when you have lashes and money, you just get lashes. Rav Meir disagrees with that. Rav Meir actually holds when there's lashes and money, you get both. So according to him, we have an extra pasuk. So according to our mayor, you're back to the original question, we have two pasukim. And you can't answer that one pasuk is to tell you when there's lashes and money, you just get lashes, because he holds you get both. So what do you do with those two pasukim? So according to Rav Meir, he only holds that by, by cars and moment. But what about by uh, De- death? No, death and moment for sure, you only get death. Cars we don't know about, but lashes and money, you get both. Only lashes and money. Only lashes and money. So the question is, so what does he do with both psukim? So The Gemara says, Go to the next page. So one pasuk is to tell you when there's death and money, you only get death. The classic, Kim And one is to tell you, if you did an Avera that gets you death and lashes, you just get death. So one is to tell you when there's death and money, you get death. One is to tell you when there's death and lashes, you get death. Both cases it's telling you, when there's death in something else, you just get death. But one is death in money, one is death in lashes. So the Gemara says, and why do you need both? If you just had death and money, that you just get death. It makes sense. You got death, which is physical pain, money, which is financial. I get you're not going to make him go through both. Give him one, and you'll give him death. Avol misu malkus. But maybe lashes and death, which is both pain, physical pain, maybe Taka need both. Maybe death and, and lashes should go together because it's all one long death. It's all just a torturous death, meaning the death is death, the lashes is torture, and maybe the terror wants you to have a torturous death. So maybe you should get both. And the opposite, if you just had a pasuk that tell you when there's death and lashes, that you only get death, I would say, I'd say, yeah, you're not going to give him death and lashes, because that's overkill. Like, that's, you know, the, 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 you're going to torture him, then kill him, just kill him. But death and money, which is uh, two independent, one's financial, one's pain, maybe you should get. That's why you need it. Okay, good. So here's, here's the flow until the end of the daf. We have now a Pasuk that tells you, Kim which means when there's death and money, you get death. There are like three or four Pesukim throughout the Torah that imply Kim Lebe That's the Pasuk shot of what they mean. And the question is, why do you need all of them? There's three or four Pesukim where you like, if you translate the Pasuk, it kind of sounds like, don't, don't, you know, don't, don't make him pay also. And the question is, what do you need this? We already know Kim Levi So we're going to, let's go through the next Pasuk. Okay. The Pasuk says, you shall not take money for a murderer. Doesn't that kind of sound like a guy is a murderer, so he's getting the death penalty. He also owes money. Don't take money. So it sounds like Kim Levi So the question, what do you need this for? So the answer is, that's not what the Pasuk means. Oh, true. But the, the, the Gemara says, no, the, the, it's not what the Pasuk means. The Pasuk is not saying Kim Le Rabbin. You know what the Pasuk actually means? You know what it means? It means you can't pay your way out of the death penalty. Meaning, means you cannot take a kapara for a murder. If a guy is murdering, murdered someone and he's going for death, it's not a case of Kim Le Rabbin with his death and money. It's not, it's a death case. And he's on his way to the gallows, we don't do gallows, whatever, the Mises Bezdin, and he says, listen, I'll give $100,000 to Zedaka. We can't say, that's a kapara. No, 
Money will not help you here. That's what that Pasuk is teaching. Okay. Another Pasuk. You shall not take money for one who is running to Yermikla, which is a case of murder. So he's a murder Bishogeg, and the Pashup shot of the Pasuk is he also has a financial debt. He doesn't have to pay. Kim the Rabmine. Same answer. The answer is the case is not Kimli Rabine. Rather, the Pasuk is saying if someone killed someone accidentally and he wants to pay tzedakah to get out of it, we don't we don't take it. So these two Psukim are not Kimli Rabine. They're rather telling you that if you did something that gets you either the death penalty or Gullus, which is killing Bishogeg, in both of those cases, money will not help you. You can't pay your way out of this. You have to die or you have to go to Gullus. Money's not going to help you. <laughs> no, money's not going to help you. So now, and why do you need both? So these psukim are not kim l'ramini. These just I'm telling you that money's not going to get a kapar. So why do you need both? Why do you need one which is the death penalty and shaygig? Tzrichi, iash mina mezid, if the Pasuk just said by mezid, that if you killed someone on purpose, you can't pay your way out of it, Mishim Dechamri Suri, of course, yeah, because it's so severe, you killed him on purpose. Avil Shogeg, but accidental murder, Deloy Chamri Suri, which is not as bad, a Maloy, maybe you should be able to pay your way out of it. Viash mina Shogeg, and if you just had the Pasuk that said that if you killed someone accidentally, you can't pay your way out of it, Mishim Deloy Ibn Neshama. Avil Mezid, Ibn Neshama, a Maloy. You'd say, yeah, we... If you kill someone accidentally and the person says you can't pay your way out of it, you know what I would say? Of course you can't pay your way out of it. We're not killing you. We're just telling you to move. Go move. But in the case of murder where we're killing the murderer, we're taking his life, and we know the terror doesn't want to take anyone's life, so maybe he should be able to pay his way out of it. Well, no, I'm saying, but, but you, 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 if all you had was a source that by Shogig you can't pay your way out of it, I wouldn't apply that to Mazid because Shogig, the murderer is not dying anyway. It's just inconveniencing that he has to move. So I get why he can't pay his way out of it, but as someone who actually murdered, so he's facing the death penalty, maybe the Torah hates death so much that you could pay your way out of it. Maybe. It's, it's, counter, it's counterintuitive, but... Okay, Tzricham. Next Pasuk. Again, these are all Pesukim that imply Kim Le And why do we need them? Next Pasuk. The land shall not get an atonement for the blood that's spilled. Kim Bedam Meaning, you shall not pay off. Rather, meaning there's no kapara, there's no money. Rather, blood is needed. That kind of sounds like you have a person who did something that's high of Misa. And he's obligated to pay money. And he doesn't pay the money. So it's against Kim Rabine. So the answer is that that Pasuk is not talking about Kim Rabine. Oh, that's the flow. You have a Pasuk that sounds like Kim Rabine, And the answer is it's not talking about Kim Rabine. What is it talking about? You know that Pasuk is telling you? We know that what would happen if you found a dead body outside of the city. Right, you find a dead body outside of the city, you don't know who killed him, so they would do egla rufa. Right, it's a whole process, they would take a young calf, kill it, decapitate it, uh, hitting its neck. Now, that was when they didn't know who murdered him. Right, So it was a kapara. Let's say they do the egla rufa on Monday, and then Thursday, they, the cops find the guy, and, and he admits to murder, and the witnesses and all that stuff. Does he get the death penalty? Yes. I maybe he should be acquitted because they only did the Egla Rufa, meaning maybe the Egla Rufa is a kapara. No. 
The blood has to spill. Meaning, this pasuk is not talking about Kimdur Amin. It's telling you there's no other kapara. Meaning, Egla Rufa will not cover you. Egla Rufa is never to cover. Correct. Yeah, I know the Havamin is a little strange. The Havamin is a little strange. I guess the answer is you did the process which brought atonement. Maybe it brought enough atonement. Yeah, maybe enough atonement that we wouldn't have to kill the guy. No, Kamash Malam. I know, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting point. Um, one more Kasha. Another Pasuk. The Pasuk says you shall get rid of the blood from your midst, which again. Um, also implies that when there's someone who has the death penalty, death penalty is all we need, not anything else. So what's the what is that telling you? The answer is This is also in Sanhedrin, and that is we know that when we do the Pasuk describes different deaths, right? There's four deaths. There's Skila, Srefa, Herig, and Chanak. Hereg is decapitation. How do I know the proper way to do it? With all of them, right? Sreifa means burning. We don't burn people at the stake. They, they, they would put lead down your throat. Everything has droshes. So the Pasuk says you should kill him with a sword. Now, it could be decapitation. It could be, uh, it was a Harry Carry where they would do the, the, you know. So how do you know? Maybe it's cutting the body in half. Like, how do you know that when the Pasuk says hereg, it's to cut at the neck? So the Gemara says... Uh, the Pasuk, um, this is a Pasuk, this is a Pasuk regarding Egla Arufa. Kitasa Yashar Bene Hashem. Second. Yeah, this Pasuk of saying that you shall kill is right after Egla Arufa. So the same way Egla Arufa, you kill the calf on the neck. You decapitate it from the neck. So too, Misas Hereg has to be decapitated from the neck. It's because they're, the parashis are next to each other. Okay? So then the Gemara says, well, if you're going to compare Misas Hereg to a calf, the calf, they would take an axe, and from behind, they would hit the, the back of the neck of the calf. So maybe that's also how Bezdin... Bezdin wouldn't do that. Hereg was a clean sword decapitating of the head. But... Maybe it should be exactly with an axe from behind hitting the nape of the neck, right? Which is more severing the spine. So maybe that's that's the way it should be done. If you're going to compare it to Egla Rufa, go, go all in. The Gemara says, Over there you use the Kaifitz, which is an axe, and Mul Oirif, which is the nape of the neck. So too all Mises Herrick should also be that way. This is a sugya, this is, we'll get to it in Sanhedrin, whenever we get to possibilities of death penalties being in ways that we would expect, which is more um, gruesome. Like, how do you know you don't burn them at the stake? Because you should make sure the guy dies in a way that you would want to die. So, yeah, so but we're taking that to the extreme, so maybe you should have lethal injection. No, so there are there are guidelines from the Pesukim. There are still guidelines from the Pesukim. It has to be a Sreifa, and it has to be a Hereg, and it has to be a Chenek, and it has to be Skila. But whenever they're faced, and well, we'll get to it, you know, how they know exactly. It's also like, I think it's more Halacha Moshe but the point is anytime. So over here, they know that, that it's decapitating. We have a, con- a connection to Agla Rufa that has to be at the neck. You want to know how it's, why not an axe at the nape of the neck? Because that's not about after Yachim 
Yeah, it's, it's but how, seems pretty more efficient. You think so? You use a big X then to. I think the problem is that when you sever the spine, but I think when you sever the spine, it, it's um, it doesn't kill as quick. I think it's a it's. Cutting a body is really not. Really not for the pain. I'm just saying, like. You know what's going to happen? At some point, this daf will be will be like uh, taken by the FBI for evidence. <laughs> They're going to say, who is it in the background saying, killing is not as easy as people think it is? His name was Yaakov Laufer. Yeah. No, so, so, yes, that's the, that's the, there's like Prokim and Sanhedrin that they go through all these psukim. Um, okay, let's go back to it. The Gemara says, okay, one more pasuk. Again, these psukim imply um, and they're not. All cherem ashayach ramina odom lo yipoda. All cherem ashayach ramina odom lo yipoda. Rashi says that cherem is loshen chayv misus. Cherem means anything. Um, Cherem means uh, anything like um, anything sort of set aside. So Rashi says it could be referring to Misa. So if you actually believe it's referring to Misa, then it's Kol Cherem Shayechram. Any person who has a death penalty, Lo Yipoda, he shall not pay. So that kind of sounds like Kim the Rab in it. So what is the Pasuk doing? So the answer is a Kedetani, it's used for something else. Menayin Lo Yitzhi Harig Vamar Echad Arko Alai. Menayin Shloyamar Klum. Okay, there were two ways to donate money to the Beis HaMikdash. You could say someone's dumb him a lie. If I say someone's dumb him a lie, if I say Adam's dumb him a lie, what that means is I'm saying I want to pay, I'm obligating myself to pay his slave value, his market value. But if you say erkoi a lie or erki a lie, erki is my erich or your erich, erich was not your market value. It's based on your age and your sex and your health. There was a certain amount. Men at a certain age have a certain amount, regardless of their health, weight, strength. It doesn't matter. It's not like like me and Ari Shachar have the same Erech value, not the same Domim value. Because as a slave, he would do a lot better. But as an Erech, we're both close enough in age that we have the same basically Erech. So if you have someone that's on his way to the death penalty, so he already had the verdict, so he's a dead man walking. Now, if you were to say dumbim a lie, his dumbim, that would be nothing because he has no market value because he's going to be killed. No one would pay a penny for that. Um, but in Erech, he has an Erech. How do I know there's a special Xeris Akosiv? That if you say his Erech, I'm going to pay his Erech to the basement of you didn't say anything because basically once someone has the verdict, Hashem forfeits his money. That Hashem doesn't want anything connected to him financially. That even he, he doesn't have an Erech either. His his death he has no value. Now that's the opinion of um, Now, by the way, this is only after he has his verdict. Before he has his verdict, while he's still in the court case, if you say Erkeli, then of course you have to pay. Meaning, even if afterwards he's found guilty. But as long as you said it before he was found guilty, he still has a value. Now, this is all not according to Ruchanan ibn Akavya. Ruchanan ibn Akavya held that if you say his Erech while he's walking to the gallows, you do have to pay because he has an Erech. An Erech is not based on market value. An Erech is an intrinsic human value. And Ruchanan ibn Akavya felt that he does have 
a, a human value intrinsically at that point still, as opposed to the Tanakama. According to Rav Chanan ben Akavi, says Nerach that there is a value because it's set from the Torah. So what does he do with that pasuk of Kol Cherem Ashiyecharam and Adam? It has no value. It has no value. Rav Chanan ben Akavi says he has a value. Tanakama says no value. So the Gemara says, so according to Hanan ben Akavi, what does he do with this Pasuk? He uses the Pasuk for the following Brysa. We find that if someone has Misa B'day Shemayim, right? If someone does an Avera, that's Chayiv, Misa B'day Shemayim. Now, that's from God. Could you pay off God? Not in a bad way, but could you pay Tzedakah and do tshuva? And remove the onish. Yes, this is uh, the Babacharav had a sicha where he says that's one of the good things of Gaulus. That he, in the times of the Beis Hamikdash, you see from all this that if you did something that would be the death penalty, paying doesn't help, tshuva doesn't help. You get the death penalty. When it's between you and God, Hashem takes tshuva and takes financial uh, tzedakah into account. So he says nowadays, after the Beis Hamikdash is destroyed, there's no more punishment from God from 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 people. It's all from God. So it's more rachmanus. So he says, so says the Gemara, we find that if someone did something that's you're able to get tzedakah and pay it off and not be punished. You might think that you could do this for people as well, meaning if you have Misa Bidei Adam, you'd be able to pay tzedakah and go away. Now, by the way, pause. This is the exact same Gemara we had. Ten lines into this daf, we use for this same exact concept that you can't pay off. Um, you can't pay off a misa. So the gemara is going to point that out that this is repeating itself. But fine. That if you have death, you can't pay it off. Now, how do I know that this applies to all death penalties? Maybe this only applies to the more severe death penalties. What's the more severe death penalty and less severe death penalty? So it's not, I thought you'd think like, oh, Misa, Skila, Herak. No, no, no. There's two different types of death penalty. Look at Rashi. It's three, uh, Third Rashi from the end of the page. Kivin de Kralei Parish Kol Mises Mestayich Yishadis Hachumra Dein Memoyne Matzila Amises Hamuras. What's considered a Misa Hamura? Ha'Oisa Chabura Ba'Aviv. An example of a more severe death penalty is hitting your father, a guy named Nefesh Misrael, or kidnapping. Why? Shein Kaparak Suba Shigason Shein Karis Bizdoyne. Very very simple. Mamish for two minutes, and this is good to know. Um, what's the difference between Karis? And Misa, when do you get Karis and when do you get Misa? Karis and Misa are both for on purpose, if you do them on purpose. If you did it with witnesses and warning, you get the death penalty. Witnesses without warning or warning without witnesses, that's Karis. Anytime there's Karis, then if you did it accidentally, you bring a carbon. There are some death penalties that do not have Karis. So because they don't have Karis, there's no carbon. They're considered more severe because there is no kapara for it. That's hitting your father and kidnapping. Most other death penalties come with a karis, which means if you did it accidentally, they come with it a carbon. So you have this pasuk that tells you that you can't pay your way out. 
So ein liyela mises chamuris shulin inishigas in the kapara. This is only true for the more severe death penalties that don't have a carbon for the accidental action mises kalis. But the rest of them, which have with it kares and then and then shogig a carbon. Where there is accidental, if you did it accidentally, you get a kapara, so maybe if you did it on purpose, you should be able to pay your way out. Now, okay, so we'll end with this. The Pasuk of Kol is telling you that if you got the death penalty, you can't pay your way out. If I were to ask you, if we were, this is a Gemara test. Ten lines into the page, we had the word, and the Gemara says, what does that Pasuk tell you? And the Gemara said, which means that if you get the death penalty, you can't wait to pay your way out. So you have one Pasuk that says you get, if you get the death penalty, you can't pay your way out. Another Pasuk tells you if you get the death penalty, you can't pay your way out. The exact same teaching repeating itself. What do you need both for? They're both telling you if you got the death penalty, you can't pay your way out. What do you need both for? So the Gemara says, we already had this. So what do you need both seconds? You want to know why you need both? You need both for purposeful death penalty, purposeful murder, but one is where you killed him on purpose on your moving upwards, and one is you killed him on purpose moving downwards. Now, what this means is, if you learn the Sugi and Makis, it's a, based on Xeris HaKosiv, there's only Gullus if you killed someone um, going downwards. Meaning, going downwards... Correct, that's, that's the more perception. Going downwards means if you fall off a ladder... If you fall off a ladder and kill him accidentally, you go to Gullus. If you killed someone while you're moving upwards, so you're going up the ladder and then you fall off, so you're not going down the ladder, you're actually going up the ladder, then you fall, and then you kill him, you don't have Gullus. So going upwards is more of a severe action than going downwards. So both Sukkim are telling you that if you... Get the death penalty, you can't pay your way out. What do you need both for? One is for purposeful murder going upwards. One is purposeful murder going downwards. Purposeful murder going upwards, there is not a show, there, there would be no gullus if it was accidental, so it's more severe. Purposeful murder going downwards, where there is gullus if it was accidental, you might think you should be able to pay your way out. Come on, Shmuel, I know you can't. Downward. And the whole sugya is if there's a whole sugya, what if you're pushing a rolling pin, you're pushing it away from you, and then it falls? Do you go by your action, which is up, or the, the fact that it goes down? These are like sugyas and makas. All right, we'll stop here.